Our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew. Um, we've been going through Matthew 1 and 2 over the Advent season, and uh, next week in Christmas Day as well. And this morning, uh, Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. Matthew 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the, Herod, rather, Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Thanks be to God for his word. A couple of weeks ago, we heard a message about God among the riffraff, stating that we would all be spiritually riffraff if it were not for God's work through his son, Jesus Christ, and his amazing grace given to us. Last week, we were encouraged to see God among our disappointments, that despite our circumstances in life, God continues to be present. We could see God at work again this week, even among a a death in our family and church family. This week, the title is God Above Our Heads, challenging us to see God in our lives and throughout creation. But not just leaving it at that either. Taking it further. Responding in obedience to what God is doing in your life. Responding like the Magi, worshiping Him. So the story from Scripture this morning takes us on a journey with the Magi. And perhaps for some, while reading this passage, maybe you had that familiar song, We Three Kings of Orient Are, coming to mind. It's a song that invokes in us uh, believing certain things about this passage that may or may not be true. The first is that the Magi themselves were not kings. The Magi were scholars. They were wise men who came from the East. And they likely served as advisors, perhaps to Persian rulers and and kings. And furthermore, the Bible doesn't state how many magi there were. I mean, when we sing the song, we refer to three. But there's no indication that there were three. Three magi was assumed because that's the number of gifts that are mentioned. in It's three, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But they likely traveled in a larger group. So some... Now, the song lyrics may have to be changed from We Three Kings to 
we multiple magi. We also often picture the magi around that manger scene, right? With the shepherds, the angels, Mary and Joseph, and little baby Jesus. And they're all worshiping together. But the magi didn't come to the child in a manger. The star led them to a house. The magi did not arrive when Jesus was a baby. They arrived when he was a toddler. And it's estimated that these magi journeyed up to about 1,400 kilometers to get to the destination that the star led them. It's assumed that about two years had perhaps passed since the birth of Jesus. Now, it's also interesting to note that the Magi journeyed this distance in order to see and to honor the King of Jews. They themselves were not Jewish. They were Gentiles. And they may have come to honor the King of Jews, but they left having honored and worshipped the King of all creation. They worshipped the King of Kings. We sang that song this morning, He shall reign forevermore, Lord of lords, King of kings. And it's in this journey of the Magi that God's word is revealed to us in different ways. Because we have in this story the word of creation. We have in this story the words of scripture. And in this story, the word of Jesus Christ. The word became flesh. So there's a progression of the word in Matthew 2. And as we begin to more and more understand that progression of the word, this leads us to growth in our relationship to God and faith in him. It leads us to respond in worship. So this passage begins with the word of creation. It's through God's creation that God communicates with the magi because the magi followed a star. And it's uncertain as to what this was. Was it a star or a comet, a supernova, or alignment of various planets? Regardless of what it was, it was a supernatural astronomical phenomenon in creation that God used to proclaim the birth of His Son, Jesus Christ. God is in control of His creation and using His creation to reveal the good news of the Savior's birth and the whereabouts to the Magi. Psalm 19 is a psalm of King David, and it was uh, written thousands of years earlier than the story of the Magi. And it provides us such a vivid and descriptive words of God's creation. We read in Psalm 19, The heavens declare the glory of God. They're declaring it. They're shouting it out. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. And there's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. The Magi heard the word of God through creation. Creation proclaims loudly and clearly that God is the all-powerful creator. The creation proclaims loudly that God is among us. And when one looks at the mysteriousness and the creativity, the awesomeness of this world, one could possibly not wonder who is out there to create such a masterpiece. You look and you know. Romans 1 verse 20, we read from the message, the Apostle Paul states, open your eyes and there it is. 
By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such can't see, eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. Creation is referred to as general revelation. It reveals God, but it does so generally. Creation reveals God enough to encourage people to ask questions, to see the power of some greater and all-powerful being at work. Creation reveals something to all humanity. Creation is a word from God. Throughout history, God has used his creation to tell people things. God provided Noah a, a sign of his faithfulness and promises through the rainbow. God used a burning bush to get Moses' attention. And with the Israelites uh, being wandering in the desert, God revealed himself through a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And here God is using a star for the men from the east. God's creation is enough for us to see the power of God. God's creation is enough for us to ask questions about God. Just look around. And where do you see God among us through his creation? As we see it outside, as we see it inside. And how is this leading you into response of worship to God? Now, as many words as the creation speaks, its language is somewhat limited. Remember, we, we recall it, that it's referred to as general revelation. So a greater voice and a greater word is needed if people are to fully understand who God is and what he has done in terms of restoring the broken and the distorted world in which we live. So the Magi, having knowledge of only the star, would not have been enough The Magi may have followed the star on account of their interest in astrology, but they followed the star because they were also aware of God's word through the scriptures. They were aware of the prophets speaking about the coming of Jesus, the King of the Jews. They had somewhat of an understanding of the prophecies. So the Magi continued their journey. The word of creation led the Magi to follow the star, but the word of Scripture led the Magi to follow the star to the king of the Jews. So Scripture, we refer to it as the Bible. The Bible reveals God. Scripture reveals more than a superior creator. It reveals a God who desires to have a relationship with his people. Scripture reveals a God who is always among us. A God who seeks us and who desires us to seek Him. A God who loves His people so much that He sent His one and only Son to this world to save us. So Scripture reveals that which creation cannot. Scripture reveals a story of God's redeeming grace and love for His people. God proclaims numerous times throughout Scripture, I'm your God, you are my people. God made a perfect creation. And he desired to have a relationship with perfectly created human beings. But humanity fell into sin. 
And immediately God created a, a plan to restore people, to restore his creation. The once beautiful and perfect relationship between God and humanity had been severed. But God, through his amazing grace and love, remained in control. God initiated his plan of redemption to reconcile the relationship between us and the maker through Jesus. The word of creation speaks to us loudly. And the word of God, as we have it in the Bible, speaks to us even louder. But the Magi did not stop their journey at God's word as it comes to us through the Bible. The Magi continued their journey, as do we. Through the passage of Matthew 2, the Magi arrive at the next word of God, who is Jesus Christ. We read from John 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus Christ is the word. He is God in the flesh. And God came down as Jesus. He came down to earth in human form as a helpless baby boy. This is no ordinary child. In verse 2 of this passage, the Magi came to look for a child again, whom they referred to as the king of the Jews. And then in verse 4, Herod, as evil as he was, he refers to the child as the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. And then in verse 6, through the Old Testament quote from Micah, the Christ child is the ruler and the shepherd. This child was sent to the earth for a purpose. This child was sent to fulfill God's plan of redemption as given to us. That story is given to us through the word, through his Bible, through the Bible. This child was to provide us the gift of salvation. To provide the gift of salvation for the Magi, for me, for you, for those who believe. God has revealed himself to his people through his son, Jesus Christ. The child was sent, as we read last week through the words of Matthew 1.21. Mary gave birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, Savior, because he will save his people from their sins. God's revelation culminates in the fullest appearance of the word. The word made flesh. The word is Jesus Christ. God among his people. By God's grace, a free, unconditional gift from God, we've been granted salvation through the word, through Jesus Christ, the word made flesh. We have freedom through Jesus Christ, and we can leave our sins, we leave all our sins, we leave our burdens with Jesus. And we need to continue our journey. The Magi began this journey following the word of creation. They listened to the word of scriptures and they realized the word of Jesus Christ. And when the Magi saw this child, they continued to respond in obedience and they worshiped. They bowed down and worshiped. They didn't worship creation. They didn't worship scriptures. They worshiped Jesus. Jesus, King of the Jews. Jesus, King of all creation. Jesus, King of kings. But we can't ignore the other responses in this passage. And let's just take a quick look at the other characters in this story. We have Herod. Herod was jealous. 
He felt threatened. He was worried about his political role. He wanted to find the Christ child, but only to kill him. Next week, we'll hear more about the story where we find God among the terror in this world. Herod responded in hatred and hostility. And today, people continue to do that. As beautiful as creation is, there's a lot of pain and suffering and anger and hatred. And many people do not want to have anything to do with Jesus. And they outright reject him. And in some countries, Christ followers are persecuted and killed. We're also introduced to the Jewish chief priests and the teachers of the law. And as teachers of the law and the Jewish leaders, they would have known their Old Testament stories and prophecies. In fact, these religious experts refer to a prophecy that was made centuries earlier from the prophet Micah. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. The word of scriptures proclaims that the city of Bethlehem is where the child will be born. And how did the religious leaders respond? They chose to do nothing about it. They did not concern themselves with the birth of Jesus, let alone desire to worship him. It was only the law that they were concerned with. And I think many of us today fall into this category at one time or another. Sometimes we're so concerned about making sure that we do everything right, that we don't do the right things. And I know our works don't save us. But so often we're concerned about keeping the letter of the law and maybe at times worshiping the law and neglecting to worship the creator of the law, the fulfillment of the law, Jesus Christ. People are sometimes like the teachers of the law. People know their scriptures. People go through the motions, but they don't worship the Savior, Jesus Christ, completely and obediently. It's too difficult to go out of our way like the Magi did. Often I'm too busy or yeah, I'm too busy to make it to church on Sundays or to help out during the week or I can only offer so much of my finances to God and His kingdom work and to His church because I need my finances for retirement or I want to save a, a, a bit of a, a, a surplus for my kids when I die. It's too awkward sharing the gospel message. I just feel awkward. I'm an introvert. You see, it's like the religious leaders. We know, but we choose to leave it at that knowledge. Brothers and sisters, we are all on a journey. And each person is at a different spot on their journey. But we need to continue our journey as the Magi did. It's not enough to only journey as far as the word of creation. It's not enough to just journey into the word of God as we have it in the Bible. Yes, it, it, it allow the living word to transform you. But we need to journey into the life of Christ. Asking ourselves, what would Jesus do if Jesus were living my life today? How are you going to respond? Through, our, through God's grace, he has stretched out his arms of love and mercy to you. And he has embraced you and has extended his covenantal promises to you. God is among you on your journey. Don't reject Jesus. Don't only focus on the laws and the rules because our works can't save us, but focus 
on Jesus Christ. Look for God among you through the word of creation, through the word of the Bible, the living word, and through the word who became flesh, Jesus Christ. And respond to God by bowing down to him, by worshiping him, by giving him the glory and the praise that is due. Offering our lives, offering our all as sacrifices of praise to him. Amen. Let us pray. God, we see you at work in creation. We see you revealed in the Bible. And help us not to just leave it at that, but to respond in faith and worship in your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you reveal yourself to us above our heads, but that you also sent your Son to this earth to be among us, to be with us. And may we truly focus our hearts in worship to you and for all that you have done through your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray this only in his name. Amen.